you're going to be mad. So just make the rice. And I have to like make the rice, (laughs) make the fucking rice, Allison. It's like, you just put a scoop and some water. Like just what is wrong with you? Like, why do you tell yourself that it's so hard? Like it's not, you know? So and welcome to episode 14 of the overall package podcast now that we know what episode we're on um today's episode is self-sabotaging in your bodybuilding journey um which is kind of a deeper topic but first we're gonna all give a bit of an update gabby how are you feeling i am tired (laughs) have we recorded since your surgery no, we we recorded just before. So, yeah, last um last Thursday I had my breast reduction and I'm feeling really good for the most part. Like I'm super thankful to have barely any pain and didn't have to take a lot of medicine or anything. But if anyone's had surgery, it's really hard to sleep after, so I'm pretty tired from like a week of less sleep, but we're making it happen. I feel super good in my body. So, this is the best decision I could have made. And to anyone who's gotten my past struggle of having large natural breasts, I say, just do it. Like it's really worth doing. You just had your one week post-op appointment too, right? Yeah. So that's where I finally got to see how everything was looking because they kind of, well, you know, they like wrap you up with all sorts of bandages and stuff for a while. And yeah, I was pretty blown away. (laughs) I was like, wait, that's my body? Like, I got designer titties now. (laughs) That's crazy to think that you like get a surgery like that and then you don't get to see them for a week. Yeah. it's You're just laying there being like, I hope it was worth it. Yeah. No, I felt in my neck and my back right away. I'm like, oh, this is a lot better. (laughs) Oh my God. I bet. You yeah. always have neck pinching problems. Like maybe this is going to make a huge difference. Literally from sleeping. And I think it's part of it. I don't know if it's the full thing. Cause I had a really like, ever since I got a new pillow, it made a difference. <laughs> like that's one of my best adult purchases, like a proper supportive neck pillow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, it could make a difference for sure. Um, That's so exciting. Yeah. What's uh, what's new with you guys? <laughs> Yeah, Allison, how are you doing? How am I doing? I am five weeks post ankle surgery, so I still got the same titties and (laughs) busted ankle. No, I'm actually doing pretty well. So I just went to Vancouver yesterday um, and I went to a friend's birthday. So that was really fun that I actually got to like, I still wore my boot, um, (laughs) but like it was good. I just feel good that I'm allowed to like get up and go. And I've done two leg days now. Mm -hmm. um and it feels good like I feel like at least I can do something um with my body so I can train back I can train shoulders there's still lots of things I can't do but um and like the leg days are pretty modified so I'm just doing a lot of things that like where my feet stay in a parallel position um isolated movements like leg extensions or leg curls or abduction machine um I can do like kneeling smith machine good mornings I can do very light well Actually, I could do moderate weight on RDLs, like on trap bar RDLs, actually, because mm-hmm. my feet, again, are staying like parallel to my hips. Um, I can't really do anything turning yet, but my right quad and my right calf are so significantly smaller, like 
like it Already, looks eh? oh my god like it's a huge difference like on my right leg I can like fully fit my my hands in a circle around like a few inches above my knee and on the left I go to do it and there's like a two inch gap like or an inch and a half gap like it is significantly oh, okay. smaller and my calf is like at least an inch and a half smaller around too like you can see it's like concaved like I it's actually so much more of a difference than I thought it would be um and that's probably just because you can't you couldn't put any pressure on it for a while because yeah like yeah and even if I yeah exactly like so and even if I am walking on the boot like I'm walking on it in like a very like unnatural way like Mm -hmm. my ankle my ankle doesn't move so I'm not actually like using all of the muscles in my leg as I step so um Luckily, it seems to be a lot more like glute and hamstring focused, so that's kind of nice, at least. Yeah. Um, like hopefully back not... training again. That's mm. a good feeling. Yeah, but my even my right glute feels significantly smaller, like way smaller. So, um, ah, it's like so frustrating, but like at the same time, I've been so accepting of of all of it and I I've been really really proud of myself I'm just focusing on what I can do and just being so excited like every time I can train or every time I can even do anything with my legs or can walk so it's good but I totally I totally hear that um Mm. yeah we'll we'll all be back at our our top notch pretty soon so next Friday um no this Friday I don't know soon yeah Friday coming up a few days from now I've got apparently my six-week post-op where I'll be taking my boot off but I don't I don't think I'm ready for that yet like I but we'll see so time is flying with that I know I mean it might not feel like it to you but it seems like it's going pretty fast ah yeah that's how I felt about your surgery (laughs) yeah I can believe it's been over three months since you got your surgery too three months and three days as of today so I'm almost like a hundred percent back there's just like a few things in the gym that I'm a little restricted on which funny enough it's back like all of my like back training just like you know reaching and pulling Mm -hmm. like especially doing anything for like my lats you don't realize how much you use your chest in those movements until you have like a like an object in your chest so now like nothing hurts but it just feels weird like I can feel kind of the muscle moving on top of the implant wow, but even that's crazy. it's weird yeah and it just feels kind of gross but um even that feeling is kind of going away more and more so that's good and like I'm pretty much back to this is bad but I'm pretty much sleeping right on my stomach again and they're like dropping more and more. It seems like every week they're dropping more and more and getting like softer and like more natural. And um, so it, it won't be for a while until they actually just feel normal. So you can mm-hmm. t- still tell they're like bolt on. <laughs> but <laughs> <little> stapled on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're feeling like more natural and looking better and everything like that. So almost 100% back to normal, which is good. They look great. Thank you. Yes, they do. Yeah. I'm super happy with them. Like, I'm really happy with the size and like, I feel like they look natural on my body, but they still have like implant look, which I like. So 
Yeah, you wanted talk. and needed that, right? So yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped and I'm happy too because I um I still fit in all of my clothes that I had before. So like all my sports bras, they actually just like fit me properly now. And um, so I didn't have to like go and buy all new stuff. Like all my stuff fits me properly now. So it's like such so a good weird. feeling. Yeah, I can't wait till you can experience that, Gabby, where you can like it's actually. Be, I've given away three bags of like tops and bras and swimsuits. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just like, keep taking them. I can't fit these ever again. Yeah. And like we were just talking about, like it's it's exciting that you're well, you'll like you'll be all healed up and everything for summertime. So mm-hmm. show That's them so off. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing everything I wasn't able to wear. <laughs> It'll be nice, actually. All of us will be all healed and normal by summer. I was thinking about that. Not like, gonna I sat on my parents' lazy boy and couldn't move for three weeks. Yeah. And at least it was, like, over Christmas and people were home and there were, like, people visiting and, like, family in town. And I'm like, man, imagine if this happened in the summer Ugh. and I'm just sitting in July like on a couch and like everyone is outside swimming and hiking and like oh my god I would I'm so yeah I'm happy I'll be healed by that you have like the craziest boot tan ever probably (laughs) from lying outside I know I would just be like lying on my parents back deck like (laughs) oh god I hate my life (laughs) real sexy boot tan yeah I'm I'm feeling like pretty confident that um yeah that like I'll be able to do all sorts of things this summer so yeah that'll be super I, nice. like I said I've been like really focused on like what I can do but the other day I did have like a pretty low moment thinking about like hiking and trail running because I'm like I can't think of anything more treacherous for an ankle than trail running in British Columbia on roots and rocks right like it's literally like you could snap your ankle at any minute and I'm like that that's something I love to do and so I got a little sad for a minute there being like that's just gonna take a long time to actually get back to that level of confidence but I'll get there yeah yeah just ease in like you don't have to be like psycho right off the bat right like you you can kind of ease I like to climb like a mountain in like a single day and like challenge myself and be like, I want to do 40 kilometers in 10 hours because like I'm weird. So anyway, I love that you call it psycho, like doing that kind of cardio is psycho. It is. It is. is. Sorry. Anyway, I'll be fine. Even hiking to me is psychotic. Oh, it's it's it can be therapeutic for sure. It's like just getting in that rhythm. Maybe I can try running again. I don't know. Now that oh, I can have yeah. my tips anymore. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Haven't done that for years. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like opposite for Ash. You'll know. know what it's like to run and be like, what is this? <laughs> I know. I have to like hold my tits when I do some things and I'm like, oh, I'm not used to this. It's so funny. <laughs> like, what is a supportive sports bra? Like, I don't even know what to look for. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, I can teach you the ways. <laughs> like the one that you had it like like clipped up and then zipped up and contain them really like yeah Yeah. I've started to like chicken out a little bit on the boob surgery yeah I always do this well more so the timing partially 
Like now, when were you like kind of planning to get them if you were to get it? Like now, (laughs) so would they they do it if you had your ankle? Like, would you still be allowed to like go and do that? Oh, should be. I guess so. I don't see why not. But I just put it off because I'm like I can't do two surgeries at once. And now that I'm like healed, I'm like I don't want to to have like another like six to eight weeks off or whatever six weeks off like yeah because yeah, like I, then you'd be extra restricted because not only would your lower body be restricted but now your upper body would be like hella restricted yeah and so anyway yeah. I, I will see like it, it maybe sounds this like coming winter yeah maybe yeah. like this fall yeah who knows but yeah i think like, i just have to get through another like prep season and like decide if i still just hate being flat chested through prep that much again at least you like have breast tissue you know what I mean like right now yeah I love my I love my boobs right now and then they're like bye yeah because I didn't even have any like actual breast tissue even like in off season it wasn't like I didn't really even have them so during prep Mm -hmm. it was like I really didn't have anything like it was just like my skin was so tight too it's like I just like had like a chest (laughs) I know it's weird to look at them now and think that, like, I had nothing before. It's crazy. It's a little, yeah, it's a little daunting when you're, when something changes that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels normal now, though, so it's good. Funny. We have, like, three very different boobs. The three I of know. us. <laughs> anyway. Gabby and I were probably closer yeah. to the same now. Yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, we've all I think you're bigger now. Might be. I think so. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it is crazy. Well, that was like a journey through all of our our boobs lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of bolts, you said bolt on, and I was like, oh yeah, bolts. Apparently, I don't have seven screws in my ankle. I have ten. Oh, like, like it's, it's just so more. crazy to me. Anyway. Um, should we talk about our topic? Yeah, let's let's get into it. Okay. So our topic today is self-sabotage in your journey. So when you kind of ruin your own progress and when you fall off the wagon and you know you're doing it and like that there's like a voice inside your head that that's kind of telling you to do it anyway. Um, so I thought I would just like read like two little descriptions from Google, like about what self-sabotage is to just kind of give a bit of context. Um, But basically self-sabotage is when people do or don't do things that block their success or prevent them from accomplishing their goals. It can happen consciously or subconsciously, um, but self-sabotaging behaviors can really affect your personal or professional success or your mental health. Um, An example is that you might forget a deadline or fail to prepare for a presentation, or perhaps you're consistently late to work, you make her procrastinate, repeatedly put off something you need to do, um, even though you need to do it. Um, And a lot of um, other behaviors can also create um, problems in your daily life and interfere with longstanding goals. And the most common behaviors include procrastination, self-medication with drugs or alcohol, comfort eating, and forms of, like, self-injury. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's super tied to coping mechanisms of mental health. And 
prep is a bodybuilding is like difficult as enough as it is, but prep in particular or coming up to a prep or like, you know, even trying to get back on track in the off season, like it is really difficult. And I, I have dealt with a lot of this and like, you can really, um, sabotage your own journeys. So do you have any other thoughts on like initial thoughts on it? Yeah. So I'm actually reading, Oh, my mic's not working reading a book called stop self-sabotage because oh, i interesting. really For- bad for this because i'm like literally misprocrastinating. so there's actually four types of self-sabotage and in this book they like to label it called life so the first one is low or shaky self-concept internalized mm-hmm. beliefs fear of change or the unknown and the excessive need for control so those are like the four main types of self-sabotage um and yeah it's pretty interesting like in this book it gets you to like take a little test and then you find out what kind of self-sabotager you are Mm. um so after I took mine it was actually low self-concept which pretty much means um for me that I just kind of have um imposter syndrome yes uh, thank you you google imposter syndrome I'm like you know what you're trying to say so for me I have imposter syndrome so I get in my head a lot about things and then instead of I just think I'm not good enough to do them so I just don't do it at all Mm. right which is a really hardcore form of self-sabotage. Yeah. So that was the next thing I was going to bring up was the points that I wrote down, which was like what causes self-sabotage. And it's kind of exactly what you said in your book, which was um, could be insecure attachment styles in relationships like romantic or platonic, um, low self-esteem, fear of getting hurt, fear of commitment, unhealthy um relationship beliefs and just like poor coping mechanisms but um imposter syndrome kind of comes I think with low self-esteem and it's not like it just in the case of bodybuilding for example like you can have high self-esteem in yourself as a person and in yourself as an athlete and everything but the imposter syndrome is huge when you're looking at people like Laura Lee or people like Jen, or, you know, like these, these, um, or Amy, for example, who got sixth at the Olympia this year, like, she's only really been training properly for a couple years, and she just skyrockets the top of the Olympia. And then there's, if you're new in a sport, or if you're older in a sport, or if you've been in the sport a long time, and like, you're only just starting to take it seriously now, and you can start thinking to yourself, like, I'm never going to get there. And that's kind of, you feel like an imposter. You feel like you don't belong, Um, you know, or even if you do really well, um, it's also like a bit of a psychological phenomenon where you feel like you don't deserve the accomplishments. Um, And so, yeah, it's like, it's a pretty deep one. Um, How does that show up for either of you the most? I mean, in bodybuilding specifically, I think it it has to do with that need to be perfect all the time. You have to be on all the time. Um, and I know that Ash mentioned that, right, as one of the 
like one of the ways that um what's it called manifests like if you feel like you can't have any room for error or slip up even a little bit then you might uh, fall into some tendencies of you know even procrastinating the hard things like putting your cardio off till late at night and then cutting it short or not doing it at all and just things like that like even though it seems the opposite to being a perfectionist but it can lead to that over time so I'd say that is for me it's just yeah I would have to think about more specific examples how it manifests in my preps Um, I would say right off the top of my head more so coming out of prep it's easy to mess around with your eating and your cardio and everything in the in the reverse stage but um, I can see it happening during prep as well. Yeah, I think that, like, for me, prep is probably the one time where I don't self-sabotage myself with things. Yeah. When I'm in prep, I have this, like, it's the same. It's like this just intrinsic drive inside of me with purpose and with 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 passion and, and it, with a clear goal and a clear vision and there's so much excitement towards the potential of what like the outcome of your prep is going to be and unless you win your pro card you didn't hit your goal when you're at the level that we're at and with the mindset that we have so unless you win your pro card you fail every time no matter how good you do and no matter how much progress you make. And and we're all very objective and we can all look at our old photos and our new photos and be like, look where I grew here and look where I grew there and look at all the things I've done. But at the end of the day, like we've still failed and it's not a failure at all. And we don't view ourselves as a failure, but for me, like in prep, you know, like I know what it takes to, to get that far. Um, It's more so in the off season for me, um, I think where I start like, you know, if I'm overeating and I know that I am and it's, it's not like I sit there in that moment and, and actively say to myself, I'm going to sabotage myself right now um, because I'm not good enough and I'm never going to win anyway. That's not really how it is. It's more so that little thought in the back of your head. What if I never win? What if I never get my pro card? What if I show up and I look terrible on stage? What if I place the worst I've ever placed? And those are like the little thoughts that go in your head and they build up. And so it's it's not like, you know, you're sitting there in one moment going, I'm going to sabotage myself and I'm going to go eat all that pizza. It's more so like, oh, I, I shouldn't because I've been really good and sticking to my plan, but like what's one slice of pizza going to do anyway? And it's like a way to justify. And I find that like, for me, that's kind of how it comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm like deep in the off season and there's nothing wrong with having a slice of pizza here and there, but it's, if you're not addressing those little thoughts in the back of your head, like they actually can perpetuate into like something so much bigger. And it has for me like many times. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the same time, like you could be justifying these things a lot, right? Like it could, it once in a while is okay, but what if you're justifying things every single day right Mm -hmm. so it can be a slippery slope for sure yeah Um, yeah and like the difficult part of prep and off season both is that you don't get to see um there's not much short-term pleasure in either of those things there's like always everything's drawn out like you know you're gonna see changes in two weeks from now but 
from the training session you did and you gave your all to, you're not going to see changes the next day, most likely. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel that those tendencies slip in when you're really missing those short term, like dopamine, like boosts almost, you know, you just need a little boost. So you're in that moment, you're willing to forego that longer goal, say winning your pro card for whatever you kind of feel in that moment. However, I think it is different than binging too. Like it's not necessarily we're talking about full binging. We're talking about little things that you just let slip over time. Like when your behaviors don't match your goals and it's kind of a little bit more complex than simply saying, oh, this is about binging and eating or like binge dieting or whatever, like some sort of eating thing. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely like the little things that add up, like, oh, I, because one of them, for example, was procrastination that was one of the examples on there um and so it could be like you know putting off your workout until the end of the night and just being like oh, I'll go I'll go I'll go and then only getting to the gym at 8 45 and the gym closes and your gym closes at 10 and you know that in order to get through your workout you have to rush through it and you're not giving it your best and your sets aren't done with intention you're going at the end of the night where you're tired um where you could have just gone right after work and then been in bed by 10 o'clock instead. Um, but you, so that's like one way that you can definitely self-sabotage your yourself, right? Um, is procrastinating your training and cardio to the point where your sessions are, you know, you're doing cardio at like 1130 at night. Um, and then you tell yourself like, oh, I still did all my cardio. I still got it done. I've, I'm working super hard, but like, in a way you're just sabotaging yourself because you're making it way harder for yourself than it needs to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like sleep can be compromised yeah. and like, you know, yeah. maybe you didn't leave yourself enough time to like make your meals and now your meals are behind. And like, now you're trying to like eat out and like trying to fit those in. And it's just like a, like I said, like a slippery slope, like these things, especially when you're prepping too, because you have all these things to remember and your brain is working at like half capacity. So <laughs> I really weird. love the quote, even though it's pretty, you know, generic, but it's like, um, um fail to prepare, prepare to fail. That <laughs> one. No, it's true. We made it. We made it. <laughs> yeah. okay. I love that one. Yeah. And like I think I don't think it's always about being prepared or not being prepared, but it sure sets you up for a more successful day if you're you know, you're the kind of person who has a busy schedule. It's best to prepare your schedule, prepare everything in advance. And I'm sure that's not anything new to either of you or anyone who's listening, but yeah. it is definitely a good reminder, especially if you notice you're in, you're getting into a routine of uh, procrastinating and putting things off for sure. Yeah. yeah. And this is such a hard one because like the reasons that we do these things are so like deep rooted in like the self-limiting beliefs that we have. Like, for example, I remember somebody saying like, I just keep cheating on my diet and I don't understand why. And, Mm. you know, and I've, and this was somebody that um, I know in, in our local like competing industry. And I've, I've known her for quite a few years. I've watched her compete and, and quite often she's saying like, Oh, I'm just never going to have, you know, this with my legs and I'm, my core is never going to be tight enough. And like, I'm never going to have this or that. And she's a bit, she's a, a much older athlete. And I, like, I asked her that and I said, do you think that you're cheating on your diet because you think you're never going to be where you want to be? 
mm-hmm. um, and that you're, you know, and she said, oh my God, I never even thought about that. Like, and then she messaged me later and was like, wow, like, I think you're right. Like, I've never even realized that it was like a limiting belief that I've had, but like in the back of my head, like I used to do that a lot. I used to say like, oh, well, I'm never going to turn pro anyway. And that kind of went away, like the more experience that I got and the, the further my physique built and the more experience that I got. And now I'm starting to get that in my head again, because like the pros are getting leaner and leaner and leaner, even more so to the point where in my head, sometimes I'm like, what if I never can get that lean enough again? Like, yes, as soon as like, let those thoughts yeah. in regularly, that's where whether you actually do sabotage yourself or not, it could, you could risk it because yeah, yeah you're, it, it's just slipping in. It's, it's something that's subtle that you might not even say those words out loud, but they're, they're in your head and it's really brave. I don't know. I think it's brave that you're sharing that right now because lots of women, maybe they don't even realize they're telling themselves these things. Oh, I think about it all the time. Like all I think about is like, what's the point of even prepping again? Like, I just I I'm never gonna make it anyway like it's it's funny you say this because I literally just had a conversation with my friend at the gym today because she's um prepping right now and um it it will be her last time competing just she just you know she just does it for fun and so this will be her last show that she does and we literally just talked about that as well because I even I've even had those thoughts too I'm like do I do I bother going back to competing or do I just take this time now to like train the way I want and like start squatting again and just build like the physique that I want without any borders or restrictions or anything like that because I feel a little bit of the same I'm like will I ever have those glutes or will I ever like build enough muscle to be up there and be competitive like I don't know but at the end of the day like we create our own reality and me speaking those words out loud is creating that reality for me when like it doesn't have to exist yeah as long as I I, speak positively like that will be my reality so I yeah like I hear you say that and I'm like of course you can what are you talking about like you absolutely you are you're right there like you're you're already have it all like it's just refinement and like little tweaks and tiny additions to the physique you already have like of course you are going to make it if like like you know and you might think the same of me but in my head I'm like well of course I think that about you but like I'm sitting here going there's no way she thinks that about me she probably also thinks like oh poor Allison thinks she might turn pro one day like which is not the case right which is not the case and like I objectively can like see a picture of me like a stage photo of me be like holy shit that's me like every time I do a show and I get my stage pictures back I'm like Jesus Christ, I look good. Like, this is why I do it. Like, this, I'm not quitting now. And like, when I go look back and look at my stage pictures, I'm like, fuck yeah. And then it's only when I'm like in my, like not on stage and you're just living your everyday life and you're like, God, I can't do this. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And it's like, until you're there. But I mean, it's, I'm imagining it's no different for an Olympic athlete who's running the 10,000 or like 1000 meter sprint or something, right? Like they're probably sitting there going like, oh my god what if I get there on race day and like completely fuck up and trip like this is why this is why that's um top level athletes do have sports psychologists they have people there speaking in their ear telling them why they should not be speaking this way and I know that we're it's very natural for all humans to speak this way but let me just like come out right away and say like let's stop it (laughs) let's just stop it and 
I find that if I'm ever getting into a pattern of some sort of self-sabotage right away, if I say out loud what my goal is, and then the behaviors that I'm currently doing, you can almost just laugh if it's not aligning, right? Like I remember after my first prep and I I rebounded pretty hard and I said, I want to compete again. I for sure do. I want to build and improve. Yet every day after my work, I was driving through McDonald's for the $1 ice cream, like in the summer, every day. And I just said those things together. And to me, it was like almost laughable. Like it didn't make sense. I have a goal and my behavior is not aligning. And like in that moment too, you had to be really, really real with yourself. And sometimes you have to like hurt your feelings a little bit, but it'll be up in the long run positive, right? Like you have to be like, look, like I'm not doing what it takes to get to where I need to be. And like, it sucks sometimes to be that way with yourself or it sucks sometimes too when like an outside person says it to you, you can almost feel like it hurts your feelings. But if people are saying this or if you're saying it to yourself and it like hurts you, you probably, it's probably because it's really true. Yeah, and you need to hear it. Like, I just find that, there are ways that others have approached this stuff, like in mindfulness, like journaling and and um, more passive ways that I would call it. But for myself, speaking it out loud so I can hear it, I find like every single time that makes me just stop and truly like, yeah, process what I'm doing. Um, and I think if you haven't tried that yet, like if some people haven't tried that yet, try saying it out loud because it's so much better than having that negative voice in your head you can also shut that voice down by saying positive things out loud. So I really believe in the power of speech and speaking over yourself. Yeah. I like that. And I like what you said too, about like saying your goal and then saying your actions as well. And if like, Like you'll probably laugh if you're doing something super silly, like missing cardio, like a lot of cardio or like eating, like I was like, it's almost laughable. You're just like, okay, that just sounds crazy. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say this a lot when I talk about food choice with my clients and with myself. Um, do I think you only need to eat tilapia and asparagus to, to win the Olympia? No. But do I think you can also fit Pringles and Reese peanut butter cups into your macros every day, you know, going onto the Olympia stage? Also, no. Mm-hmm. And so, like I guess the kind of relation is like if you're if you know that like certain foods or certain behaviors or like our food choices for example are better for your body like are just going to help you with your digestion help you with your sleep like help provide the nutrients you need um and everything you know and everything like that and your body's going to look better it's going to feel better it's going to perform better Um, but every day you're still like, oh, I can fit, you know, Oreos into my macros today. You absolutely can, but you are taking away like 300 calories for like some Oreos and a tiny amount of food that's going to provide you with a very short-term amount of energy versus like a meal of like chicken and rice that like that, like that in itself is like a very small form of self-sabotage. So again, like like the act, like the little, even like those little actions can like really add up. Yeah. That that kind of relates to what you were saying, right. With like what you, what you say you're doing, what you say. Yeah. Cause like, if you want to be like a top athlete and a healthy athlete, and then you look at the foods you're eating, 
like I have to have that conversation with myself sometimes since I switched coaches um, and he does like more of a macro approach. And I found myself like always trying to fit all these things in. And I'm like, these things don't make me feel good. And I had to go back to just the old school, a little bit more of an old school approach, but be not because somebody's told me um, it's the only way to do it, but because I actually feel better doing it. Mm-hmm. And it and it aligns with how I know I'm going to be a better athlete. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's a hard one too. Sometimes you can be self-sabotaging yourself by like telling yourself these stories like, oh, well, you know, Laura Lee gets to go out after her shows and like eat whatever she wants for a week. And it's like, okay, but do you have her metabolism? Like, you know, are you, yeah, or do you have her genetics? Like things like that. So, yeah. So that's a, that could be another thing um, that people do too, is just following along what other people are doing and listening to, you know, what other people are doing for their own body. That is another form of self-sabotaging too. Like, you know, I know a lot of top people, um, you know, go off plan a little bit too. And like, that might work for them. But like, you know, you could be sabotaging yourself too, if you're just following, following along. I know we had mentioned it before too, where a lot of people came forward um, about Lorley saying like, oh, like, you know, she ruined my reverse and she did this because because she shared what she was eating and it's like well no like you chose to go and do that like you were the one that followed what she was doing for her own body so that is like 100% another form of self-sabotaging it's just you know following along I agree with that yeah I I I think that others can influence us like obviously we're talking we've talked about self-sabotage coming from inside but it can come from the influence of others too. So yeah, I think that's a really good point to bring up. And at the end of the day, we're talking bodybuilding self-sabotage. So a lot of it is going to have to do with diet and training. Um, can you guys think of any other ones um, in the ter- in the realm of bodybuilding? Because I know yeah. you can probably yeah. connect things such as relationship and financial and other self-sabotage tr- oh, yeah. as well to bodybuilding. Yeah, a financial like metaphor would be like going and putting something on your credit card even though you know you don't have the money to do it and you have to pay for that later it's the same thing with going out and eating a bunch of food you're going to pay for that later right um yeah so yeah I was actually going to bring up that that like metaphor but I think if we got some more training self-sabotage I mean we kind of talked about the one like leaving your workout till the very last hour of the day and cramming it in and it's a shitty workout right but another one too would be not logging your weights I don't use a logbook I want to but with my ADHD like I have enough to track in my head right now but I am a but I do mentally track how much weight I'm pushing and I know if I'm not pushing my weights right so you are sabotaging yourself if you just don't actually ever try and push your weights heavier um when you're training so yeah um, and that's and that's not saying you have to write things down. Like, no, you don't. That doesn't don't, work for everyone. I the log book, but I do know like how to push myself, and I understand like if I'm training effectively or not. And I think people will say things like, "Oh, I don't want to get bulky," or "My back hurts," or "I don't know. I've tried that before and I couldn't do it." And it's like all the little be- limiting beliefs and excuses and stories you're telling yourself as to like why you can't train heavier or push harder. Um, 
a lot of the time too you just have to like break out of your own head like I train people in person a lot and I always ask them like oh how'd that weight feel they're like yeah pretty good I'm like hey put more on then like I know you can do more like you're a lot stronger than you think so yeah I think too, like not like you were saying Allison just like not pushing yourself hard enough mm-hmm. can sabotage yourself I even did that when after I hurt my back I was too scared to push any weights and you know I lost a lot of muscle that way and I didn't build the way that I wanted to for a long time just because I was not pushing myself hard enough I'm with you I've done that form of sabotage as well um after my first show I did gain uh, quite a bit of weight um quickly so mostly fat and I it was about yeah there was like a year and a bit in between my shows so I was like living in a higher body fat I didn't really know how much muscle I was putting on versus not and I started telling myself through COVID times that I was big enough already for my division I was I didn't need to gain more so I was doing lighter weights definitely not the intensity I needed to probably a lot more cardio than I needed to and all of these things that yeah I was just telling myself and really, I didn't know how much muscle I had built versus not built under that body fat. I, the right thing would have been probably do a mini cut, kind of see how I'm looking and then go from there and actually have objective information rather than just telling myself, Oh, I I can't get much bigger. So I don't need to train like this or that. And ended up getting the feedback from the head judge, Rudy. And yeah, I still needed to grow. And I I know I did. Yeah. I was going to bring up something similar. I mm-hmm. got in my own way by being like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. And I know exactly what I need on my physique. And like, yeah, to a point. But I also lost muscle on my back because like my feedback was don't grow your upper body anymore for three years in a row. So I stopped growing my upper body and I stopped training back almost entirely because I I used to train back so much and I had like way more back than I thought I needed. And then the division has grown so much. And I, I stopped comparing my current physique to what the division was currently rewarding. And I kept in my head, I had this vision that my back was still way overpowering, but in fact, I ended up actually losing muscle. And I compared pictures to like my first year competing to four years in. And I was like, wow, my back has the same amount of muscle. Like, and in my head, I was doing all the right things. And I kind of just sabotaged myself by like not actually stepping back and like trying to look objectively or like receive other people's feedback as well. And I mean, it is tough when, when your judges feedback is don't do, don't grow anymore. But um, yeah, like anyway, I just, I found that I was kind of slacking on my back training and you know, if I ever had to skip a training day because something came up, it was always back day. And so I just stopped actually being diligent enough to really like to keep track of, of what was happening with my physique. So. Yeah, I yeah. totally get that. I think that's a, that's a big one for lots of people and maybe not everyone knows it yet. So hopefully this, yeah, opens some eyes. If that's yeah. you, um, I, talk to your coach right away or send some photos to judges, like definitely get objective feedback from, from people who know what uh, your physique goals should look like. And yeah, don't just tell yourself something for potentially years. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm with you, Allison. Like my last show, I compared like my glutes from my last show to a show from like 2019. And I'm like, 
my glutes were way better back then (laughs) but it's good sometimes too to have those moments so you can be super objective and be like okay like now I can see it that I was doing this and I was slacking per se so now it's like now you know what you need to do in order to fix those mistakes that you were making yeah I know now like I go in and I train glutes as heavy as I can because I know that's what I was doing before when my glutes were better so but I would have never like known that if I wasn't super objective and like actually looked at myself and compared myself to myself you know not myself to other people but sometimes you do need to compare yourself to yourself yes you do yeah um I also self-sabotage though definitely like in my um reverse diets I tell myself that my body needs the food and it does like don't get me wrong but I tell myself that my body's need for food and need to feel better is greater than my need to reverse slowly and I've done that the last two years um and that is a fucking major self-sabotage because it's literally sabotaging the next several months of your reverse into something you don't want it to be right so Mm -hmm. um like meanwhile my reverse was paired with some hormonal uh crazy hormonal crashes and imbalances Mm -hmm. after my show and um dealing with like the loss of my period and dealing with hair loss and dealing with some major digestive issues as well like I I went through a stage where I could only eat like a handful of foods and anytime I'd eat anything like uh, like anything else my stomach would blow up as hard as a rock and as big as a beach ball so like that really made my my reverse difficult but I definitely like there was aspects of self-sabotage in there being like oh no because my body's doing so poorly I just need to feed it so that it feels better and that is true like that is the whole recovery diet versus reverse diet thing where it's like you need to recover not reverse slowly just to stay lean but I I used it as like a bit of a story to just eat more than I needed to I I think reverse reverse is the time we probably self-sabotage the most I think it is because we're you know you are you have been depleted for a long time your hormones are not balanced your body fat is really low and just your physiological drives are going to influence you much more than thinking logically yeah and sometimes it takes you a while to like like for myself I did the same thing like I made up all these excuses and stuff um while I was reversing and I've rebounded a bunch of times and it wasn't until this last time that because I had made that mistake so many times I knew that going into this time I I had to do something differently but I had to make those mistakes a whole bunch of times to be able to get it right like some people are a lot better at that than I was and you know maybe you don't have to go through that hard learning lesson which is amazing if you don't but most of us do have to learn it the hard way and um but sometimes again you have to you have to make those mistakes to be able to get it right the next time I hear you yeah it's um it sounds like we're saying a lot of things that require perfectionism to to like to not do like don't ever show up to the gym late don't ever have your meals unprepared like don't 
ever go off your plan because you're just self-sabotaging, blah, 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 blah. But like, that's not necessarily it. Like your brain might be saying like, okay, well, so I have to be perfect. Otherwise, like I'm going to be lying to myself and telling myself all these stories and fuck up my prep and ruin everything. And it's, it's not quite that. Like I've got a page open here about six ways athletes self-sabotage themselves and their success. And it's one of them is placing strict expectations on your performance Um, leaving your self-confidence to chance, worrying too much about results or outcomes, misinterpreting. um, This one is about racing, but it's like pre-race jitters, which is, you could, um, you could say that the same thing with like show day jitters. Um, And it's basically saying, misinterpreting it, jitters as performance anxiety, worrying too much about what other people think. And then the six was striving to perform perfectly. So in a way, perfectionism can actually like it can be an asset in bodybuilding like it can help yes you want to be as set up for success as possible but it can also be a major disadvantage so when you're listening to us talk about all these things that you have to do right in order to not fuck up it's it doesn't necessarily mean like perfectionism it's more so just that your actions have to align with what you want to do and like Um, however that looks like to you too how it's going to look like like yeah we all do things very differently from each other, but that's what works for us. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you do have a quote unquote fuck up or, you know, you don't have a perfect day, you just have to be like, okay, well that's what happened. So I'm going to do better in my way, in my own way tomorrow, or I'm going to do this better next time, you know? Yeah. Last time I, I rebounded on my reverse, I was like, shit, I did it again. So I was like even more motivated for the next time for me to do better for myself. Exactly. Like it has to be, your actions have to be aligned because when you're, when you're, you're living in a way or, or eating or training or not eating or not training in a way that doesn't feel good and not from an external source, um, not like I didn't hit my macros, therefore it feels bad because I feel guilty. It's not the same thing as, you know what? I've eaten nothing but peanut butter toast for like three days because I've been lazy and like my body just feels shitty. I really want to have a salad like and some salmon and like some fresh fruit and drink lots of water because like because your body like knows how good that feels right like that is kind of like a better way to show the difference of like and then you start eating it and you're like wow I feel so good again like just like getting back on my shit mm-hmm. and that like comes from within it it has nothing to do with I ate 10 extra grams of carbs today right like so yeah, like we all eat differently. Um, we all track our food slightly differently. We all do our cardio and plan our cardio and whether we do steps or we do timed cardio or we do heart rate or um, how even how we track our training, like it's all different. But um, as long as we're all doing it in a way that we know is good for us internally and externally, um, that's when we all feel our best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like prep doesn't have a lot of room for mistakes or getting off plan, but um, in the off season, there's a huge balance between staying on plan and just feeling good. And if all these things are so overwhelming to you and they make you feel lesser of yourself because let's say you put a lot of pressure on yourself and you don't nail it and then you feel even worse about yourself and it's like this constant cycle you know maybe it is time to like take a step back and really look at it like is this for me 
because if this is messing with your head too much and creating more of a bad cycle than a good cycle, then like, you know, it's okay to even tell yourself like, you know, maybe I need a break from this or maybe it's just simply not for you. Like, for example, um, we were just talking about it today. Alison Testu, is that how I say her last name? Yeah, Alison Testu. Yeah, the French athlete. Yeah, like she just had a big write up. Like she's taking a little bit of a step back because she needs to focus on, you know, like her health and her mental health and stuff like that. And I don't know what was really going on in her personal life, but it does sound like she just really needed to take a break from everything. And like, you know, it doesn't matter what level you're at if you need to take that for yourself because you're continuously like sabotaging yourself like that's okay I agree yeah it's I think one of the most important things is to know when to put the foot on the gas and then hit the brakes like yeah I think that's why we've all continued as long as we have I mean you guys longer than me but I feel that I've been in the sport a long time even in my off seasons like totally in not not perfect definitely not perfect but still with intention and like caring about the sport and passionate about it is because we know when to take that that uh yeah take that step back I I totally respect that anyone who feels at any point in their prep that they need to step back is for their for their overall health um especially if they're seeing patterns of sabotage like self-sabotage that's really really important to do yeah um do you guys I was just thinking do you guys have any um, like any techniques that you can use to just break that if you notice you're having a pattern or an episode of self-sabotage you have to write down the like not write down or at least just break down like the why like okay I cheated on my plan why mm-hmm. it's not because I was hungry well yeah of course it was because you were hungry you're in prep right like let's just say you're in prep but why did you cheat on your plan like what made you tell yourself that you could just go and have like a cheat meal, right? Like without talking to your coach or like with it being out on your plan, right? And um, you've got to break it down. It's like, well, maybe it's like, well, because I already worked so hard this week. So what's one meal going to do? Maybe. Um I've never, I've had people say that to me, right? Like as clients, um, or I've heard other people say that that's not one that I do, but mine is always comes down to like, oh, well, you know, like I'm never going to, um, get lean enough anyway. And like, I'm still in a deficit. So at least I'm still getting leaner. Um, like I'm still getting closer to my goal. So like, I didn't eat enough that I'm going to like stop my progress or something like that. So, um, yeah I I don't remember what your question was anymore <laughs> so just like a technique to um to combat oh you- yeah so you have to just say why because then you can understand it and it's like okay so like for me it's like like when I'm in prep I just do it but like if I'm it's like I said in my off season I'll be like oh well I'm still getting closer to my goal I'm still doing what I need to do and it's like okay but why do you feel like it's okay to do that like I, you just have to break down all of the whys down to like the very basis that it's like I don't think I'm ever going to turn pro and it's like then you have to talk about why don't you think that and like break down even further like you just have to keep breaking it down to like the root um that's at least for me that's what I do I think that's great 
Yeah. So when I say like, well, because I'm never going to turn pro, why don't you think so? What makes a pro? And then, and then you realize like, what makes a pro is like consistency, dedication, like blah, 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 blah. And then I realized, oh shit, I have all those things. So if I had just gone through that little mental process of why before I went and ate something off my plan or skipped a cardio session or whatever, then I wouldn't have skipped it. And I like, I could have just saved all that hassle and guilt and stress and struggle and sabotage. Right. So anyway, sorry, that was a long answer. Cause I forgot what I was talking about, but no, but I, I, I like awesome. that. Okay. Having, having your, your why and like detailing it to the amount you need to is, is, is perfect. Um, a lot of people won't do that because honestly, we're kind of lazy. <laughs> like we'll, you know, if you ask yourself why you'll pick an easy answer and then accept it. Right. So I think it is really powerful that you do take the time and work through it all the way down to the root if you can. So that's a hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I think just being super self-aware and, um, being a little bit hard on myself is like what I need to do. Like I need to be really, really honest. And like Allison was saying, just like really break it down. I find though, for me, I really like to talk about it out loud. So, you know, talking to you guys really helps me and talking to my partner helps me a lot too. So I can kind of hear an outside perspective or maybe get the honesty that I'm not giving myself, like getting it from other people sometimes really helps me too. And honestly, just really, really trying to tap into my discipline. And I always tell myself, one of my favorite like quotes or things to say to myself is like, discipline is my highest form of self-love that I can give myself. So that's just how I like to practice my quote unquote self-care is literally being disciplined. And if I don't have that, I feel like a lot of aspects of my life start to kind of get a little bit unhinged so that's just kind of what I like to do is like talk it out be honest with myself and like Allison said just like really break it down and figure out like why I'm doing that I love that that's really powerful both obviously I already mentioned that I agree with the speaking things out loud and Mm -hmm. it's usually with the intention to make myself laugh (laughs) because I find if you're in a negative thought pattern and you actually physically laugh, like you kind of break out of it. You can't continue to be negative. So yeah, it's just, I'll just laugh at myself. Like it's actually a great technique most of the time. I feel like I should do that. I should be like, Hey guys, I really want to win my pro card next year. So I think I'm going to go eat a pizza. Exactly. It it (laughs) works every time. Wrong with you. Like, okay, I'm going to use that one. Yeah, no, honestly, I I just think it's really healthy to, to break out of, yeah, a certain pattern. Cause I've noticed if I let myself start negative, it's just going to get more negative and more negative yeah. and just keep going. And so, yeah, just kind of, you have to do something that like immediately shifts you out of that, that headspace. So yeah, almost like a laugh and speaking out loud and, and suddenly, you know, maybe, maybe you really do need that food. Like maybe you really do whatever start again the next day. It's fine. Sometimes it happens, but most of the time you'll be, yeah, you'll be able to talk some sense into yourself and say, okay, this doesn't align with my goals. And then I like that it ties into Allison's too. like go through all the whys as much as you can and you'll figure it out. Like just, yeah, I think that's the best answer I can give. (laughs) Yeah. I like all of those points. And most of the time though, like the self-sabotaging behavior will lead to more self-sabotaging behavior because Mm -hmm. you're, you're training yourself that this is something you do. 
and you're training yourself to not be proactive so I think like being proactive is a really good one like be like be proactive in planning when you're going to go to the gym so that you're not leaving to the end of the day be proactive in planning your week so that you get all of your workouts scheduled in around your pre-existing appointments and things right be proactive and just just even if you're tired and you're like oh my god I'll make rice later just fucking take a scoop of rice and put it in the pot and just put some water in it like just do it it's like oh god like I have to do that to myself all of the time because I'll just like be like I'll just make rice later I'm like no you won't you won't you make rice later and then you're gonna be like to eat shitty rice cakes and they digest like shit for me and you're gonna be mad so just make the rice and I have to like make the rice (laughs) make the fucking rice Allison it's like you just put a scoop and some water like just what is wrong with you like why do you tell yourself that it's so hard like it's not you know so that needs to be the quote (laughs) just make the rice put the fucking rice in the fucking pot oh like it's our, bra- our brains will like re- literally create habits so if you're constantly thinking negative your brain yeah. will actually create a negative like stream in your head so yeah. it will always function in a negative space yeah. and like if you're creating these habits for yourself to always procrastinate and always think negatively then these will be like I said earlier like it will become your reality like you will constantly yeah. be talking yourself down you'll constantly mm-hmm. be putting things off until later and like I've been a victim of doing that to myself too and you know you have to then unbreak those habits and unbreak that pattern in your brain too so it's like then that's going to take a long time and a lot more effort than if you just did it in the first place yeah yeah and you can start having like a negative association to all the things that you do too like Mm -hmm. oh I fucking hate cardio I'm so tired at the end of the day and I just want to go to bed now like I do my cardio fasted in the morning you don't don't have to do fasted cardio but I do it fasted in the morning and I fucking love it I look forward to it every morning like I I look forward to the feeling of being done every morning and like having it done Mm -hmm. and like now that I just make the damn rice like I feel proud of myself like holy shit this has become so much easier for me over the years like I have gotten I have become a better bodybuilder over the years I am way more organized I get on top of it and I've, I've made it so easy for myself to be successful and now it's like a place of pride for me like self pride in myself that like I have gone from chaotic 11 p.m cardio sessions and eating rice cakes to waking up every morning and just doing it like smoothly and, and aimlessly and it's like I don't yeah you know yeah I hope that's a oh go ahead Ash oh I was just gonna say it's like you said like I've become a better bodybuilder over the years and I've become better and it's like well you've created those better habits for yourself over time so don't think that just because you don't have it down yet doesn't mean you won't in the future you just have to keep continuously working towards being better Literally what I was going to say, like, I hope this just gives you hope that you're going to be able to do it if you're not there yet, because we all have been in a worse place. And um, the last point I really wanted to make as well is if you notice you're doing this, um, any self-sabotage in bodybuilding, I would take a look at every aspect of your life, life, your relationships, your work, your school, your um, financial stuff, um, everything, because you might be doing it somewhere else too. So yeah, 100%. (laughs) Oh, I am. I've already, it's already rolling in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, no, for all of us in, in different ways. So yeah, I think that's 
I think it's a really important thing just to throw in here because we are speaking on bodybuilding, but it's not, it's probably not an isolated incident. Like it's going to be in other areas of your life too. For sure. It is. Um, There is an article that I'm reading from Berkeley university. It's, it's a really good one. It's like the greater good dot berkeley.edu. So, and it's on, like how to stop self-sabotage and it's it's really cool like the the way that they've written it down like but they they even say like things that we've said too you know like find strategies to combat avoidance and procrastination like we were saying like just make to-do lists like do the little things that'll make things easier later um and then they say like use rules of thumb too like for decision making and sometimes in bodybuilding like that can actually be like a huge help like to use a rule of thumb like if 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 grabbing like a certain thing that's close enough to your macros is gonna stop you from going and eating a pizza later like every once in a while you may need to use like a rule of thumb like that like and and you feel aligned and okay with that decision. Like, I know this isn't perfect, but I feel okay doing this right now because it's going to help me with something later. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, if you know, it feels good for you, like when you're acting in an alignment with how you want to be, like, that's the number one thing for me that keeps me like on my path and keeps me going. And e- even with like old eating disorder behaviors or anxiety and depression and all these other things that I've done, like. I use a lot of like these strategies that we're talking about, like Gabby said, in all areas of my life to like help me stay aligned because like I am, I have a tendency to self-sabotage everything in my life. So yeah. Um, But you know, they've got other things like practice acceptance and self-care and um, understand your irrelevant decisions like don't have analysis paralysis either like over some of the decisions you make um so yeah it's a really good article so I just wanted to bring it up but and then also prioritize behaviors that reduce your stress over time so definitely yeah. let's um we should definitely add that to um the description too just yeah. so that read through it I think that's we've it sounds like I feel like we've all provided different perspectives on how are we approach this to stop self-sabotage, but it's really nice to have a good article in there too. And like, even listening to this, as we like say everything out loud, like, I mean, yeah, it's vulnerable to, to like say, I'm never going to make it. And even like what I said earlier, like I feel embarrassed saying out loud that I think everyone that watches my journey, not everyone, that there are people out there that watch my journey and be like, oh, poor Allison, she thinks she's going to be a good bodybuilder. You know, like, like that's so vulnerable for me to say that out loud, but like, that's just something that's in my own head. Um, so like, if there's anyone out there that feels the same way, like, just know that you're not the only one that feels that way and it's not real because like I objectively know that that's not real Mm -hmm. even though I still think it sometimes so yeah yeah no that's I think it's powerful I think it's powerful to say that stuff out loud and um, create a platform like the platform we're creating is so that people can uh, talk about that and just really yeah just feel like they're supported throughout all of this like you're definitely not alone yeah 100% and it's like, and Ashley too, you're like, oh, my glutes haven't gotten better. And I'm like, 
Yes, they have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help that you were super depleted last time you were on stage, but we all know yeah. like, yeah, that you have improved. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Like, it's just funny. You're like, they, they were way better back then. I'm like, no, you were smaller everywhere back then. And so like proportionally you think they're not bigger, but they are. And like, yeah, it's just funny. So yeah. like, yeah. So to listeners, like it, you are not the only one like limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome and bodybuilding is huge. Yeah. Um, we almost should have like just called this like the imposter syndrome episode, even though we, we really did talk about like self-sabotage a lot, but I think it just, it comes from imposter syndrome the most of like I'm never going to make it anyway or I'm never going to be a pro and like you know or what's the point or even pros have it right even the top pros like you said if you didn't come first at the Olympia you probably have some level of it yeah just crazy to think about (laughs) I know like even Allison Testu for instance with her her write-up today she was like I just have to accept that I I'll never be like successful in bikini and it's like what you are yeah. successful in bikini. You've I won know, shows. Was, like exactly. Like so right? many women look up to her. Yeah. Exactly. So again, like it's it's not just at an amateur level or pro level. Like it's it can be like top, top, top athletes too still have those moments. So you have I didn't to feel bad. That. Like that's crazy. Like that she thinks this is like okay, listeners out there, this is like a top athlete who's been to the Olympia more than once. She's been to the Arnold's. Like she was on the Arnold bikini stage. She was invited to the Arnold. Like only 10 athletes a year get chosen and she thinks she's not successful in bikini. Yeah. Like how could you be more successful than that other than winning, but only one person wins. So like, Mm -hmm. that's insane. I know. Huh. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, What a note to end on, hey? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, don't (laughs) self-sabotage. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Overall Package Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Overall Package Podcast. And I am Astronaut Fit. My Instagram is Allison Ann Fitness. And I'm Gabrielle Falietta. I am currently not on my Instagram while I'm recovering, but I will hopefully be back really, really soon. Yeah. We'll get it. See you next time, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye.